Welcome to the Change Agents Podcast with your host, Tracy V. Allen, social enterprise and small business funding strategist and the owner of TVA Consulting Group. The Change Agents Podcast is about empowering change agents, social entrepreneurs, social enterprises, and nonprofits with the knowledge, skills, strategies, and concepts needed to design, build, and fund their social ventures. everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Mission Impact Series with Tracy and Ty. And um, today we're going to be talking about operational framework because nothing gets done in your social enterprise or nonprofit organization unless you have a framework for which to go by in order for everybody to get the job done. And that comes down to operations. A lot of people try to skate on this. Um, They don't have operation manuals together. They don't have um, plans and strategies for how things are going to be done. And this is how nothing gets done and everything falls apart. Mm -hmm. So we're going to give you some tips and strategies in the series on how to get your operational framework in check and what goes into each component of that operational framework so that you can get started on that today. All right. So my name is Tracy V. Allen. I am the owner of TBA Consulting Group. Um, I help social impact businesses design, build, and fund their social ventures so that they can maximize their revenue and impact their communities. All right. My name is Ty Bone. I'm owner of Ty Bone Enterprises. Am I echoing? I help nonprofits primarily move from startup and struggle to sustainability and success without the traditional headache and hassle, y'all. And the, the headache and hassle comes when there is no infrastructure. Nothing. <laughs> Hi, Change Agents, and welcome to Season 2 of Mission Impact Series. Mission Impact Series is a podcast that helps your company find the breadth of opportunities in every moment to create impact with two of the wittiest, smartest, and most innovative people in social good, Tracy V. Allen and Ty Boone. This podcast is perfect for businesses and organizations of all types, and our lineup of topics discussed through strategic storytelling will keep you interested in coming back for more. Yeah, Yeah, look, look, this is a business, right? And there has to be certain systems in place, especially at the operational level, in order to make this work. Mm-hmm. There's there's a process to everything, right? But you have at the at the bottom of a, a nonprofit organization, or should I say, at the top, um, there are things that ha- that you have to have in place in order to get funding. And, and people who start nonprofits, Tracy, the first thing that they ask me um, if I'm not their consultant from the start is how we get some money. Where's the money, right? And I go well. Are you collecting data? Are you marketing? Um, are you visible or PR? Do you understand your nonprofit branding? Like, oh, I didn't know I had to do all that. Like, I was just, I just wanted to get money, right? These are the the, the things that we think mm-hmm. are little things that are so very important. Being able to put in a system where you first understand, hey, what are what are we going to do on a day to day? How is this going to? What is a day in the life of this organization look like? From everything How long does that start with communication? <laughs> communication, right? Even yeah, systemic even, communication. Even if it's something as small as what time do we open? Yes. Yes. You know, what time do we open? What time what time do we on our website we say we open at eight o'clock, but when folk come to our office at eleven o'clock, ain't nobody there. Right? They don't know if we're serving, they don't know what's going on, ain't nobody answering the phone. These things that we think is are little things. These are are very very important to the life the life cycle and the sustainability of your organization. What happens when we get there? Who do we need to have there? Mm-hmm. Who's on the team? What what are the pieces of the we need order to make this organization work? Right? Who's gonna do? If you're the executive director and you're looking for grants and you're networking, who's gonna serve the people? So staffing things like that that we 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 forget about Tracy. I think we we we're yeah. in this. This era of Nike, and I'm going back to Nike again because I'm picking on Nike. I love Nike. I hope they see this. I hope they see this this video. Um, and, and find <laughs> somewhere. But we're, um, we're in this era of Nike, where we're just doing it. We don't have any standard operational yeah. procedures in place. 
We're not going in where we're planning the day in our organizations so we can know when we get certain results. If we were to plan our day, and and, and data is one of these things that we're, we're talking about in in, in your communications and what you need to have, how do you communicate to your audience and what are you telling them when you're communicating to them? What kind of data are you collecting? Even things like um, whether or not people are coming for your services. Do they need what you have to offer? How do you know that? Mm -hmm. Are you collecting this kind of information? If you are collecting that, how do you communicate that on the outside of your organization? How do you market the fact that you are here, that you are doing what you're supposed to be doing, that you are opening on time? And you're not sleeping at uh, 10 o'clock like I am. How do, how, do, how do people, how do you get that out there, right? We're yes. forgetting all of that. And that has to be in place even before things like programs, even right. before things like grants. Because what if you're somebody were to come by for a site visit, you ain't even there. <laughs> what, what, how do we see you? If we're, When I'm doing grant review, Tracy, especially now when things have gotten a lot more competitive, um, not considering COVID relief funds, because I don't even consider that real grant stuff because it's not the same competition that you'll see. And I don't want to say nothing bad about that right now, but I got something bad to say about it. Just remember that we're going to table that for another. For another <laughs> um, when, you're, when, I'm, when I'm doing grant review and I'm looking at your proposal, right? There are things in, in your proposal that tells me whether or not you have set up any your system correctly, right? Mm -hmm. Some grant um, applications will ask you things like, how are you collecting data? How are you managing yes. your, your sponsors? They'll ask you this in, in the application. Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know. I think I'd write it down on a piece of paper. Uh, mm -hmm. No, man, we don't fund organizations that write it down on a piece of paper. What kind of systems are you using? How are you paying your staff? Are you paying your staff? Who do you have mm -hmm. on full time, part time? All that kind of stuff that has to go in consideration when you're building your organizations yeah yeah so the communication is is, is imperative um i think the fall apart happens when you're dealing with operational framework when you don't have a good communication structure and we've talked about communication in past um episodes but this is how imperative so sometimes it may sound like we're saying the same thing over and over but we would just we have to say it because this is how important it is to various components of running a successful nonprofit organization or social enterprise or just a business period is having that good communication how are we marketing the products and services how are we marketing the programs who are we marketing them to if you don't have a way of telling your staff or your support network how you're doing that, then everybody's going to have a different idea. Tell me you haven't worked for an organization, government, private, or even your own, where you think you have clearly communicated your mission, vision, and values, or you clearly communicated the steps of things that you want done and the order in which you want it done. And that other person completely missed the mark and misinterpreted everything that you were saying. So communication is not just about verbal. It's not just about written. It's that you have to learn people's learning styles mm -hmm. and meet them where they are. So mm -hmm. there's some people that you can give verbal instructions to and they're good to go, right? And then there are other people, <laughs> you tell them something and they give you something completely different. So you know, for those people, you need to give them written instructions. Right. Mm -hmm. And then for other people, they're visuals. So you need to give them video instructions. So when you're thinking about your operational framework for communication, you have to think about those various components of the facets of people that you have working for your organization and how those people work and how they learn, process and do their job. Right. So you thinking about right. all of that. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm directionally challenged because I get that joke from my family. Also, like, like Ty, you are direct. I don't care. Yeah. I mean, my husband will say, well, go down here and you get off on the exit 25 and you turn here. And, there. and I'm like, no, I'll just put it in the GPS and let them tell me <laughs> as I go because I'll miss it every time. Because mm. I don't care. And you can give me the, you can tell me the best directions. I didn't hear anything you said. I, nothing. Like, I'll right. When I get I'll put it in a GPS and it's going to have to guide me as I go. Turn left at the next right. And I literally had a meeting with my um my staff yesterday and there's something that we're trying to work on and I'm a very smart person and I'm not just bragging on myself like I can learn a new skill in 
less than a week. Like a whole new, a whole new subject matter in less than a week. But this is one concept, very simple to maybe most people, that I just cannot wrap my mind about around. It's been explained to me several times. And I think for me, I have a block in my mind because I want it to work this way because the way how they're explaining it to me sounds like more work. And I just <laughs> cannot put the concept together. So I said, write it out. Once it's written and I can look at it, I'll absorb it. So you have to meet people because I'm a very, I can listen. I'm an audio learner. So I can listen to things and I get it and I'm, I can move on. But there's some things, like anything technical, I need a video. Don't tell me what to do. Show me how to do it, and then I can do it. So you have to realize how people operate in your app, your own, um, in your organization. And this also goes for marketing. Because the same type of people you have working for you is the same type of people who's going to be looking at your content. So some people can watch content, listen to it, absor absorb it, and move on and implement it. Other people are going to need to have it showcased to them. You need to show you step by step by step, right? Some people are going to need a handout. You have to think about all of these different types of communication when it comes to your marketing, when it comes to your um, clients, and when it comes to your staff members as well. So communication and the data, let's not forget the data, right? Mm -hmm. The data is key. It is Listen, we can never stress enough. You're probably tired of hearing time I talk about data, guys. They're like, God, here they go again. Yeah. Everything. <laughs> but data literally rules the realm. It's both king and queen of any social impact business. As a matter of fact, data is the key to my own business. Mm -hmm. Okay, because that is how I know how I need to shift my strategies and what's working and maybe I need to put this one on the shelf and that type of stuff. But that's what systemic communication is. Having those meetings with your staff members, talking and surveying the clients that you have, your partners, when you're building those relationships, you know, we all talk about data and relationship building. So those types of communication strategies are just imperative and getting the word out. So, you know, using um, media, social media, or, you know, traditional media, PR firms to get the word out and so that people know what is going on with your organization and so that you can grow. Yep. And, go, you know, going everything, like you said, is, is about data, whether the qualitative, quantitative, everything, how you're telling the story, marketing, all of that is data. Your yes. story is data. You're, you're, everything that you're putting out there, the information that you're sharing, the statistics that you're sharing, um, the, the number of people who visited your website, all that stuff is data. <laughs> Surveying your clients to find out what they feel, data. Because if they're all saying this is crap, that's data. You know that. This is crap. I mean, seriously. I mean, we're joking, we're laughing, but it's serious. Like, that's how you know. Some if You surveyed 10 people, all 10 people told you this is crap. This is trash. According to my daughter, my daughter was like, this is trash. Um, then, you know, you really just need to take it and throw it in the trash because it's trash. Okay. So, that, that is right. It's just yeah, data comes in many different forms. Mm -hmm. It comes in many different forms. So, when you're thinking about anything from fundraising to op operational um, framework, data, communication, relationship building, all of the same things, planning, all, they all go across every realm. And I like that you brought this around communications because you can't effectively communicate without the data because what are you talking about what is it what are you marketing what are you showing if there is right. no evidence to what you're doing you can't market results if there's if there's not any information that you collected you can't even set a picture where you can tell people what it is you're doing because you don't know what you're doing so right. everything just like we talked about when we talked about year-end fundraising we talked about telling that story and the state story came through the data, the impact that your organization is making with the um, resources that they already have. Mm -hmm. So you're asking for additional resources to make greater impact. Data, communication, data, all goes together, right? <laughs> they so, go together. How can you 
They go together. All of a sudden, that's the season, right? They go together. They marry you. Or at least they're engaged. <laughs> yes, they definitely go together. So we're going to be talking today about financial management. That's a big thing. Right? This girl. <laughs> How much of us have made money in our businesses and we have nothing to show up for it? As quickly as we're making the money is as quickly as we're spending the money. We're not thinking about the dark days. We're not thinking about when our um, reserves go low and it's a dry season for clients and we still have our employees to pay or we still have ourselves to pay and we still have all the bills that come along with the business and our personal life. And we did not um, think about real financial management to secure the business and our personal selves, right? Mm-hmm. So what are some that's, of the things that come along with financial work. management? That's real. Yeah. That whole, that whole little thing you said right there. We've <laughs> all been there. We've literally all been there. We were just like, we were like, like we're shopping, we're enjoying ourselves because this money is coming in. Like, wow, I'm a successful entrepreneur. I got all this money coming in. And then one day you were like, I was a successful entrepreneur, but where the money at? My my PayPal or my um direct deposit said I made a hundred thousand dollars, but I only have a hundred dollars in my account. Where did it go? We'll get lost in that Like legit, I've been there. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I have been there. Okay. (laughs) When we're talking about this, we're talking from a place of truth. Please trust it. (laughs) Please trust. But but great time. And you you know, this comes at a really great time because sometimes we overindulge at the holiday time. Right, and, and it's like, about to get to that season. Yeah, it's like India. Oh, good. talking about that, just to digress a little bit. So Walmart has decided this year that they're not doing layaways anymore. Okay, so this is where the financial management in your life and your business is gonna come in. All right, they're not doing layaways anymore. So you're either gonna use the firm and pay thirty percent interest on that um, layaway that you want. Or you're going to have to learn how to manage your monies better. Mm-hmm. So anyways, so let's go back to the actual topic. <laughs> what you mentioned and what, I, what, I, I, what stood out to me the most was projections, right? Mm-hmm. Understanding what seasons look like. And I'm not talking about summer, spring, winter, and fall. Yeah. I'm talking about the seasons in your business, the seasons in your life. Because sometimes they don't, they don't mess well. You may be having a, a wonderful season in your person your personally in your life and then your finances are a wreck you're like oh my gosh it is winter over there and it's like it is straight when the trees are bare the, the ground is frozen you can't grow up a tomato if you felt like it because it's not mm-hmm. gonna happen right and sometimes that has a lot to do with what season you're in as an entrepreneur but it also has a lot to do with the season that your customers are in and yes. you have to and you have to know this. And I know there's a lot of business coaches out here who was sent, who disregard that fact. And they're like, do this and put this on, you know, get this residual and do that. And there's the, you know, it depends on what kind of business you got going on. But when you're doing something like you're serving a, a, a certain population, um, the homeless population, where we know that in the wintertime, we can get socks for them, but that we're not going to be, we're going to be more likely to have to go look for them because it's cold. They're not going to be hanging out like they were at the restaurant asking for money, all this stuff, because it's cold. They're going to try, they're going to go try to find a shelter. They're going to go try. So your work is going to look a little bit different. Your efforts might look a little bit different. You might have to to move your staff around a little bit more differently for outreach because they're going to be in a different place. And you're, you knowing that this is going to happen at the end of the year, knowing that also at the end of the year, and when I said the seasons don't match, you they may be harder to find but you also know that at the end of the year this is where they need the most support because it's cold because mm-hmm. their families are not there. It's, it's it's christmas it's thanksgiving you have mental and emotional and all this kind of stuff going on with the population so you really need to reach them but you have to be able to project 
what you should be looking at, what they should be looking like when you're going to approach them so you can make sure that you're able to do this. Um, and we talked a couple of series ago about um, end of year giving and starting early. When you're knowing at the end of the year that you have to lend your support into the homeless population or one of those populations, you can't just pop up on Christmas Eve and say, hey, I need to get socks. We don't have any money for socks for these people. You got to start this. Early. It has to be a part of your funding plan so that you can know if my program or if my, the service or activity that I'm doing is to support these people who I can't even find, um, you know, mm -hmm. on the day after Thanksgiving. I need to get this money together now so that I can have it ready for them when the time comes. Yeah. Yeah, so those financial projections are imperative. That's the only way you're going to know if you're able to um, to fund your programs and services. Well, let's take our current situation that we're in now. So when you're in business, you have to not just look at what's directly in front of you, but you have to look at all your peripheral views as well. So mm -hmm. if you've been listening to the news right now, they're talking about almost what we dealt with, what, 10 years ago, um, where the market, the financial market just kind of like imploded mm -hmm. and um, people were losing their homes. People, we're about to experience that again. JP Morgan is already um, bracing itself for the one, I guess they say it's going to be even bigger than the last one that we had. And that's mm -hmm. because of COVID and the moratorium on, um, on mortgages and rent. Right. So mm -hmm. a lot of money was being spent, was being given this year. And I want to talk about time makes a very good point on social media earlier <laughs> this um, month, like two months ago. And I was like, oh, damn, I don't like her right now. She right. Right. Because I was going to do something. So I'll talk about that after I make this point. Right? <laughs> I was like, geez, I, I wish she didn't say that, but she's so right. Um, so right now, a lot of people took that money, you know, all of the, the stimulus and the extra $600 for unemployment and stuff like that. I really don't know what people did with the money. I, I'm not exactly sure what happened there, but they don't have it. They didn't pay their rent and they didn't pay their mortgages. And now that the moratorium is up, evictions are going to be high and um, the homeless population is going to go even higher unless families are willing to take in other families. And since we're still in the height of COVID, that may not be something that a lot of people are going to want to do. And I'm saying all of this to say, if you're in a certain um, um, demographic of the industry, right, which is a social impact industry, whether you're a social enterprise or you're a nonprofit, if you're dealing with the homeless population, let's say, so last year you may have served 20,000 people. You have to have already known and being, be able to project that this year you may be serving double the amount, right? So that's where some of the financial projections come in, is looking at a whole market, looking at what's going on in your community, looking at what's going on nationwide and trying to project forward what it is that you're going to need and how much of it is you're going to need. So when we talked about a year end fundraisers, that is something that many of you need to adjust your plan. If you were one of those people who had, had who had planned it prior for this year end fundraising um, campaign, you may need to adjust your fundraising. And that also will need to be part of your story. Why the adjustment? Why do you need more money this year than you needed last year? So a lot of different layers go into it. And that could be a whole webinar type. Maybe we need to do that for Urban Awareness, right? Um, that could be a whole webinar onto itself of how you do that, what you're looking for and all of that stuff, because it's about to get serious, mm -hmm. right? And if I live in suburbia, and if I think that my suburban community that's quiet, you can hear a pin drop outside, is not, will not, or could not be affected by what's happening, I'll be a fool. It's mm -hmm. going to affect all of us. Because mm -hmm. when the inner cities get too much homeless people, guess what they're going to do? Start moving out into the suburbs, right? <laughs> Start moving out into the suburbs. Mm -hmm. um, so we can all be affected. So we all need to be proactive. And I kind of like went off script, but still, it's still about financial management be proactive with what we're thinking about doing with our personal monies, our business monies. And when we're putting those financial projections together, when we're looking at what we're spending 
in our businesses, right? We need to make allowances for that. So maybe you have a program. This is something that I did the other day. Um, I looked at all of my expenses. I pulled my bank um, statement and I went through all of my business expenses, everything that comes out monthly. And I realized there were programs I was paying for for months and months and months because I pulled three months and I'm not using it. I have never used, some of them I've never used. You know, like sometimes you do a free trial and then they ask you for your credit card information and you never went back and canceled that free trial and then you just keep paying for it, paying for it, paying for it. All of those things, we need to tighten up those um, loose ends, right? Mm -hmm. So when you're talking about financial management, we're talking about that all of that holistically, right? Looking at what you're spending, how you're spending it, whether what you're spending is even um, vital to the survival of your business or your organization. From staff, can you consolidate what your staff members are doing? Do you need 20 million staff members? Maybe you only need two. You know, those types of things that we need to just really take a deep look at. And then when you, if you have too many staff members or you have a staff member who's not doing enough and you can give them additional duties, that may free up some more monies for you to create more impact in your community. Mm -hmm. But all of these things go into your story because a very astute um, philanthropist will ask some of these questions, right? They're going to ask you some of these questions. And that's why I'm kind of like, sounds like I'm going off on a tangent, but I really am not. I am telling you things that I would ask if I was going to be donating to an organization, I'm telling you things I've heard other philanthropists ask when they're donating to an organization. There is nothing off limits when you're asking people for money. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm really concerned, you know, about these COVID dollars. I can see your face. <laughs> you look very concerned right COVID dollars, I mean, and, and individuals and businesses who receive mm -hmm. COVID monies um, with no accountability. You know, and, and now we are getting into the stage of accountability, right? So it's like, what happened to these monies? Now, for individuals, it may have been a thing where, you know, I'm, I'm getting unemployment and I'm already the working poor. This is kind of exciting, you know, getting extra money. And, and I'm I'm really not used to having this kind of money. For some people, they didn't even want to go back to their jobs because they were getting more money on unemployment than they wanted to get. But like, yeah. hey, this is a new thing. And, and you have to be kind of, I guess, kind of understanding of some of that um, processing because it's like, oh, now I have some money. I've never had money before. So now I have money and this is, but then once that's over, what happens? Now you're worse than what you were in the beginning because not only do you not have money, but you got evicted. At least you had somewhere to stay, right? <laughs> At least, you, but now, so now you're, and you're creating a, a worse situation than you had. And I think it takes, it, it takes a little bit more than um, me fussing about the COVID dollars for people to really kind of adapt the right behavior for that kind of stuff. But for, for right. businesses, man, we have people who are getting PPPs and idols and city money and all kind of stuff that's never gotten money before. And have mm -hmm. y'all mind because y'all was telling we y'all had employees, y'all ain't had no employees. But I ain't going to talk about that. It ain't my business right now, right? Mm -hmm. But we have cities in, in states that were required to give money. So you weren't into any kind of competition or competitive funding thing. It was just like, okay, we got to give money to these organizations. So we're going to give it to them. Mm -hmm. and, and what we ended up doing with the monies, I don't know, because a lot of you guys, even when you got monies, are still now at a worse place than you were in the beginning. Just like the individuals, I would expect that with boards and with oversight and with people being, you know, business owners that they would have a little bit more um, understanding of what they're supposed to do and how they were supposed to utilize these funds to help develop and to project and do all these kind of things. But a lot mm -hmm. of that did not happen. But it was probably because of the same kind of culture where it's like, right. oh, okay, well, now I can do this. I can, I can do this. But Tracy, one thing we talked about um, some time ago was developing something where we included disaster preparedness and, you know, all that. Kind yes. Of stuff yes. In our trainings. And I mm -hmm. think that, with financial management that we should or somebody should have something like that that's at the core of financial management training yes, um, yes, I agree. not that we're scared to spend because we already we, we know people say well you know uh, broke money don't make money you got to spend money to get money <laughs> we know right. that right yes. but there's, there's a certain degree that you take that so what do you what do you do how did you prepare for 
pending disaster because this is like you said when we started we're about to enter into something like that people are being evicted from their homes and look already or about to be you know yes. what's, mm-hmm. this, what's coming up and we we've seen this before we know how that works but as businesses and organizations have we prepared um ourselves and have we prepared our people for that probably not because we were just so excited that hey we we got a little relief right here and we're, we're excited about that so what happens next how do we prepare for the future of our businesses whatever that looks like we don't want to shut down the business every time there's a, a right. house right we, we don't want to do that so what kind mm-hmm. of plan do we have in place to prepare financially and for the long term yeah so before we end this part i'm going to tell you what it is that you said on social media that i was like oh <laughs> Y'all gotta stop me from saying all this. I'll hear you. It was about August, I wanna say. And you came in and you're like, nobody needs to do any damn, um, what do you call it? Uh, school back to school drive. <laughs> what happened to all those that stimulus money? And I was like, I'm trying to do one for my son's foundation. And then I was like, oh man. <laughs> But but crazy. I was right. like, you know something? I don't really like Ty right now, but she's so right. I'm not doing it. Right, <laughs> because right. I, I really I didn't have to think about I didn't know because really truly what happened, Ty, I did not know because I wasn't eligible. So I did not know that they were giving out ty- child tax credits yeah. for months. I didn't know that. But I did not also didn't know that even regular folks were getting food stamps yeah. because their kids weren't getting lunches, yeah. breakfast right. lunches. I didn't know any of that. So when you said it, I was like, wait, I was just about to go spend $2,000 to do a back to school drive for my son's foundation. And these people were out here bailing. Out here, out here, I'm talking about you over here trying to figure out what to do. They bought it like it, like it, like it's calling, right? Okay, you got you got the food stamps, you got the the stimulus checks, you got all of this. And if you got yeah. like a little EBT stipend or something for each of these kids, you know, and I did not know necessary, that it's necessary, right? But at some point, as a culture, I think that we fall short because we don't teach. Um, people how to sustain we don't teach people responsibility and I you know I, I work with nonprofits uh-huh. so I, I wake up every morning and I help people start nonprofit organizations so they can serve people who need service right? right but the goal is not to keep these same people on the services because if yeah. you do you're not creating impact right no. funders fund impact if I'm giving you a backpack this year next year year after that and I know you just got six hundred dollars a is it a week in unemployment and you got stimulus and you got food stamps and a backpack is $45 and you wouldn't buy your kid a backpack. Mm-hmm. When are you going, when are we going to be the change? Right. Right. The change I get it. I totally, I absolutely get it. And we're yeah. not. And that's what I said. And that's what kind of made me, I was like, I'm always talking about being the change and that we don't want to keep people prisoners to their situations. And I was like, if I do this backpack drive or this, it wasn't really, you know, back to school supply drive right now, I was like, I will be enabling people for the most part. I'm still know that there's a certain percentage of the population, maybe people who are not able to get help from the system who would still need it. But for the most part, the people that we were normally going to be giving the, the, Mm -hmm. um, the A2 should not really have needed anything mm-hmm. if they were managing their funds correctly. That's if it. They were managing correctly. And sometimes they sometimes it's not even that. It's sometimes knowing that hey, Trace's organization is gonna give out backpacks. So that so you're you're their plan. You're, right. you're they're gonna give out backpacks. So I don't have to to buy backpacks for my son this year because they're gonna give out backpacks. So I'll put my right. money on some. And I mean, I've been in some crazy situations. Financially mm-hmm. and otherwise, right? Where so I know what it feels like to have to need a right. backpack. When you really need a backpack, you just need one, okay? Right. But at the same time, there has to be some agent of change that comes mm-hmm. in to say, okay, yeah, well, this year you can get the backpack because you didn't get a stimulus check or you didn't get mm-hmm. this, didn't get that. Next year, 
when I know you got an unemployment, I know you got stimulus, I know you got that. Maybe we're just gonna give you a notebook. We're not gonna give you the whole backpack because you can buy. Right. You can buy them. You really can buy this backpack if it's something that you really think your kid needs. Mm-hmm. So at some point, we, we have to be tr- transformational, and we have to be able to 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 have our audiences in a space where they can pr- improve their situations with our help. And mm-hmm. this is how we get the money. This is how the finances come in for organizations because you can see the change. You can see that, hey, last year we had 100 people who needed backpacks because they just really couldn't afford it based on this inf- this data that we collected. Because we didn't even collect the data. We just giving up. We just throwing back yeah. like, like Oprah out the books at the mm-hmm. book club. You just get well, you know, that wasn't going to happen over here, but yeah. You want to know what income bracket are you in? Yeah, you know? <laughs> so we definitely. But back when we talk about we talk about financial management, this still all goes into financial management. What that allowed me to do was to take the money I was going to be using for the backpack, um, for the school supply drive, and now I'm putting it into the fund, the organization that I support during the Christmas time. Mm-hmm. So that money gets transferred over there. So that's again financial mm-hmm. management. So this year they'll get more than they got last year, mm-hmm. right? So I'm just taking the money and transferring it somewhere else, mm-hmm. um, because I now realize I would have wasted my money doing that school supply mm-hmm. drive. And you know that you make a bigger impact transferring it over there, right? Mm-hmm. Because the people who are going to come get these backpacks. You know, we, we already know, hey, they're going to come back again next year. They're going to call you next year. You got a backpack. But mm-hmm. you know, this other organization that you transferred it to, they already have communicated their impact. You already know what a mm-hmm. huge difference this is making. So you know that your contribution to this other organization actually helps them with their impact, right? And you know, mm-hmm. you know it. You see it. They send you yes. impact. They they update you. They let you know what's going yes. on. You, you got this. You know I got a big thank you letter at the end of the what? year. Thank you for my contribution, telling me how what I contributed to their organization impacted their goals, mm-hmm. right? How mm-hmm. it directly impacted their mission, their goals, mm-hmm. their mission, their vision of what this organization is mm-hmm. supposed to do. So mm-hmm. I, they'll get more bang for their buck. Well, I'll get more bang for my buck right. because it makes me feel good knowing that right. I can help. Right. And this is why you get right. to other organizations. So if I were just to give mm-hmm. out backpacks, what am I, what am I going to say? How do right. I, what kind of goal is this helping me reach? We just gave people backpacks and mm-hmm. why? Because <laughs> they wanted them. Yeah. Hey guys, we're back and we're going to be talking about infrastructure investments, okay? So we've talked already about systemic um, systemic communication because we're on the topic of organizational framework. We talked about how organizational framework is necessary for success, whether you have a nonprofit, social enterprise, or a regular business, this applies to every type of business. You have to have some type of organizational framework. We talked about systemic communication. We talked about financial management of your monies, personal and business-wise, right? And even when you are donating or contributing to various organizations, you have to make sure that your money is going somewhere where it's truly going to make an impact, right? You just don't want to give an organization money because you want to give it money. You want to give it to something that is going to create impact in the community. And then, so now we're going to be talking about infrastructure investment and how the programs and operational efficiency and revenue generation is achieved in this model. So if this is your first time here to Mission Impact Series, um, welcome. Um, Ty and I are the host of Mission Impact Series, and I'll introduce myself and then Ty will introduce herself. So my name is Tracy V. Allen. I am the owner of TVA Consulting Group. I help social impact businesses to design, build, and fund their social ventures, maximize their revenue, and create impact in their communities. And she's so proper with it. She's like, mm-hmm, this is this is what I do. <laughs> and I'm talking. I help nonprofit organizations move from startup and struggle to sustainability and success. Traditionally, without the headache and hassle, but we'll we'll see how that goes. It's like y'all stick with me. Y'all stick with me. All right. Uh, operational infrastructure. That's big. That that is 
that is huge, right? Because nothing works if it doesn't work. <laughs> nothing works without the system. Um, I work with a lot of lone leaders in, in the <laughs> What do you call them? Lone, like the Lone Ranger. Lone, lone Ranger. Lone leaders. <laughs> Tracy, they're out here. They're, they're saying they have an organization. You know, this is this is the bad part about it because an organization is supposed to be a group of people. Group of people. By definition. By definition, right? <laughs> but of course, we still got people who are out here like, this is me. I'm a one woman show and I'm doing this organization thing, right? Mm -hmm. The bad thing about that is that you can't possibly reach um impressive impact by yourself it's just not gonna happen um you can you can say it but it's it's not gonna happen whether these people somebody's helping you virtually or in, in person you can't have impact to the level that you're wanting it to be funded mm -hmm. by yourself it's, it's just not gonna happen there's too many things that have to be done you're only one person there's only 24 hours in a day you gotta mm -hmm. sleep for at least a couple of those hours you know yeah. <laughs> And for me, on Friday, on my off day, I'm sleeping all eight. So y'all can do what y'all want to do, but that's what I'm doing, right? Yeah. Um, if you don't have systems in place, it's harder, again, to do things like communicate what your impact is, so communicate. Mm -hmm. um, it's harder to, to, to operate and run the show. You know, I like automations. Um, you know, lately, I've been all... Girl, they they added some stuff to Calendly and Jot form, and I was like, oh. I know. I see you geeking out on that. <laughs> right? I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to take me like a week off work, and I'm going to have to be over here studying because I'm just so excited. I don't even know what to do. I'm like, oh, Lord, because this is going to make my day easier. Mm -hmm. Even though I have people who can help me with certain things, I'm like, look, if I take that off her, I'm like, subtract a couple dollars. We're going to do financial management. <laughs> because Calendly does that. I don't even need that anymore. I'm just We're, look, this is, this is gonna go full circle right here. Look, because of I don't need you doing that, girl. Right. And your job description, you can do something different because if they if they scheduling the workflow, I, you ain't got to follow up because Calendly is on. I already right. email and hear it. We cool, right? Mm -hmm. Um, things like, you know, collecting data. Even if you're, you know, when you're serving, and I, I see a lot of people missing this in programs where they're doing, they're doing the work, really, but not collecting data, not even knowing, you know, what database to use or should I use a database? I'm an old school Microsoft Access girl, but when JotForm came on the scene, I was like, bye bye, because this is cool, this is easy. I can turn this and turn this into an Excel file, and I can send this wherever, and it can be, it can do whatever. In JotForm, I can create tables, I can do, I can create reports. And we're cool, right? Mm -hmm. Making it easier, making it simpler, but you know, realizing what you're gonna use to, to even do things like that, what you're using for your finances. We talked about financial management, but how are you managing those? Are you using some electronic um you know system to manage your finances, your payrolls? We ain't even I mean, in terms of this is we're gonna have to do like an hour another day, like somewhere else, right? Because even things like payroll and knowing what to use for payroll and knowing I actually have a client that I'm going to talk to after we're done with all of this about that because she's not paying herself and I'm like girl you got to pay yourself mm -hmm. she's like please tell me how I what I can use for payroll and blah 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 so yes that is definitely a whole thing we're, yeah. we're forgetting it and we're, we're forgetting to pay ourselves and we're and we're forgetting just systems in general I think that because mm -hmm. we're so accustomed to being even though we're a microwave society, we're so accustomed to doing things manually ourselves and we put too much on ourselves. It's like, okay, mm -hmm. well, I'm going to do, you don't have to do this. This is not what you have to do your job, which is to run your business, be the CEO, be the ED, leave yeah. that to somebody else or to some, somebody else's system and hope it don't crash. You mm -hmm. know, then we got a problem. But you want to, but you want to, you know, back up your stuff. To make sure, and Tracy, you and I have had our share of crashes. Like I think yeah. every day, both of us posted <laughs> this right here. I gotta go to, but having the backup, mm -hmm. what that looks like. So having the right people in place that can tap into your data, especially if you're a nonprofit and you're getting, you, you have people's information, you have data and statistics that you need to use for reporting. You don't want to lose this stuff. No. Absolutely not. It could grow so much bigger. And I, I think we, we start to restrict ourselves because we're not doing 
everything that we could be doing as it relates to data. And it seems like data is like a recurring thing. Like we talk about data. <laughs> I know, right? We talk, about, we talk about data. But think yeah. about um, having having collected data and this data takes you to other stages, right? Not just with your organization and you're being able to report and you're being able to show the grant maker that you're serving or whatever, but what if you're really making a difference and you get invited to something of a, a different level and this brings more attention to your organization or more attention to you in your um your role as a subject matter expert because you're doing all this stuff and you have all this proof behind it. We're, mm -hmm. we're leaving so much on the table because we refuse to collect the information. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that's that's the crux of it all. Whether you're providing services, whether you're providing a product, whether you're providing a program, the data is where the infrastructure meets the road, basically. Okay, that's where the rubber meets the road. These are the things that you need to be collecting data on. Your infrastructure will never run to its fullest efficiency if you don't know what's going on. And what's going on is rooted inside that data. If you're running a program, you need to know who's in your program. How many people are in your program? How many females? How many males? Right? What are the ages of these people? When they came into the program, did they have the problem that you're going to be solving? Mm -hmm. There should be a question to assess that. Because so many times people come into your programs and you can't solve their problem because they're truly not a right fit for mm -hmm. your program. But if you don't have a mechanism to assess whether or not they're a right fit for your program, that's where your program gets wonky and then you start pulling out your hair and then you got alopecia and, you know, things go downhill from there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. It's a personal behind the scenes joke that we're laughing at, really. But, uh, but literally, that is what kind of happens, right? So, figuring out, asking the right questions on that intake form, golden, right? Mm -hmm. That is gold. Taking the time. I see people like put intake forms together really sporadically, very um, haphazardly. And then your data is haphazard too. Your data makes no sense because your data is not addressing the right issues, mm -hmm. right? It's not collecting the information that is aligned with your mission. It's not collecting the information about the problem that the people should have and the solution to your problem. So if you don't know how to put a data sheet together, I'm going to suggest you get with a data specialist or a consultant who knows how to put the questioning together to collect the right type of data. The right type of data is imperative. And like Ty has talked about before, when you're going to apply for a grant, people think that they're standard grant questions. There's no such thing as standard grant questions. The only standard things is your de demographics. Okay. They can ask you anything on those grant applications, like anything. And you have to be prepared to answer it. And the only way you're going to be prepared to answer the questions is if you've collected the data so that when they ask you a specific type of question, you know. One of the things I think is very simple that I think people forget when it comes to um, collecting data is what's the economic um, standing of the people in your program? You don't know who's making what money. You don't know their educational status, you know, and that is a basic question, right? Um, again, did they ha really have the problem that you were trying to address? And how long have they had this problem? What have they done in the past to try to solve this problem? You know, did it work? Didn't it work? Did it stick? Did it not stick? You know, there's just so many questions. And when you're talking about infrastructure investment, this is where the, the investment to me comes in, is having a good intake form. Because if you have the right data coming in, then you're able to address the problems better. Because we always talk about, when we talk about relationship buildings, one of the things that we talk about all the time too, is relationship building that is um, tied into um, giving the services or referring services that you cannot, um, you cannot address. Because no one organization can address everyone's concerns.
-hmm. It just doesn't happen that way. So having good intake form and having good exit forms. Let's Mm -hmm. not forget that. Okay, because a good intake form is only as good as the exit form because you need to compare both of them. So when you get this data, when you're taking in information, right, you can't just take in information and let it sit in job forms, which I suggest everybody get. Um, so I think right now we need to get a sponsorship. Yeah, we should. I'm going to reach out today. We don't yeah, we do need to get a sponsorship from job forms mm-hmm. for all of our, um, our um, what do they call it? our youtube videos because we push job forms like okay so if you're listening to us you need to sponsor us so (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's what i use in my business for Mm -hmm. all of my um my my stuff whether it's an intake form a response form uh proposals job forms is it for me um and like ty said it has so many um components of things that you can do all your spreadsheets and you know your graphs and your charts and all of that stuff but um when you're collecting that information whether it's on job forms or it's in google docs or however you choose to collect your information right when you take the intake form and you get have the exit form you need to sit down somebody needs to be responsible for sitting down and comparing them and making sure that your um your mission was met mm-hmm. and you know that the outcomes were achieved program like goals and objectives and programs yeah you always come first we've done a whole series on programs yeah. i mean i mean there's still so much more that we can talk about but the fact is like we've done stuff on this already and this is just to show you how everything just comes full circle it comes back around and it's all tied together you it may sound repetitive if you're listening and you truly know what we're talking about, but it's not. It is all really and truly tied together. Yeah. And it's continual. It, it, yeah. You have to always evaluate, reassess, and go back and do it again. So this is what we talk about it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's happening all the time. Every time. Yeah. It's a cycle. Yeah. All right. So that's like the crux of um, your infrastructure. Um, when it comes to um, infrastructure investment, the investment is in um, collecting and managing and uh, um, utilizing the data. So in the next one, we're going to be talking about operational infrastructure. So this one was infrastructure investment. The last one is going to be operational operational infrastructure. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Mission Impact Series with Tracy and Ty. And today we're going to be talking about operational infrastructure. Um, So if you have been following the series of operational framework, we talked about systematic communication, right, which is um, how we communicate internally, externally, and how that communication drives what happens and how the organization grows. We talked about financial management both on a business and personal level and how we use the financial management to make sure that we always have money, right? And then we talked about um, infrastructure investment. And in infrastructure investment, we talked about data, utilizing the data to drive the success of the organization and to make changes within the organization. So basically not just collecting the data, but actually leveraging the data so that we can build stronger businesses and nonprofits and social enterprises. So today, again, we're going to be talking about um, operational infrastructure, and this includes the stuff like facilities, systems, and processes, and technology, and data again, and data mm-hmm. again, Always. right? Um, so we kind of alluded to some systems and processes that we use in our own businesses to get work done and things that we we um, recommend to our clients, but we'll talk a little bit more about that as we get started. So for those of you who this is your first time Um, with with, um, seeing Mission Impact. Welcome. My name is Tracy V. Allen. I am the owner of TVA Consulting Group. I help social impact businesses to design, build, and fund their social ventures, maximize their revenue, and create impact in their communities. All right. I am Ty Boone, owner of Ty Boone Enterprises. I help nonprofit organizations move from startup and struggle to sustainability success. I'm a nonprofit success strategy. You know what, Tracy? Because I'm a nonprofit, the very first thing that comes to my mind when I'm talking when I talk about operational um, infrastructure is board. And I know it go they go everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. But 
they're so important in nonprofits. I, this week, it's been, I've been, every week I'm just, I'm, I, I learned something crazy new, right? I'm like, okay. <laughs> when I say crazy new, I'm talking about crazy first. I'm like, oh, really? This is really how y'all operating out here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but in nonprofit organizations, as much as we teach, as much as we talk, I would think that a lot of um, organizations would know better than a lot of things, right? And it seems like sometimes they don't, right? Where you're starting organizations and you go, oh, well, I don't have a board. And I'm like, um, you're not an organization. You, you don't have a board because nonprofit organizations are required to have a board. And you go, oh, well, but I was told that I didn't need to have a board because I saw on social media, and you probably y'all have seen this on social media too, where as an organization, I can just do this by myself. This is my thing. If I had a board, they have to do what I say. And I'm the one who's operating this because I'm the chief executive officer, right? So I'm operating this thing. This is why the organizations are crashing and crashing fast because there is no, no, no infrastructure. It's just you. You're not an infrastructure by yourself. Infrastructure requires that you have people, places, and things in place. It's just like the now, right? You gotta have you gotta have things in place. So for people, if you're a nonprofit organization, the people start with the board. Then you have mm-hmm. your staff, your your executive staff. If you're, depending on how you're building this organization, small organizations, you, you you might just have your board and it goes directly to volunteer staff or whatever. But you have to have them in place and you have to know who they are. You have to know what their roles are in order to make the organization function. So what is my job as a volunteer in your organization? What am I supposed to be doing? Am I just here twiddling my thumbs, looking out the window, taking pictures, you know, planning for your fundraiser? What is it that I'm supposed to be doing? If I'm on your board, what am I supposed to be doing? What is my bo- What are my board responsibilities that you tell me what this, this is? places where am i going with this organization where 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 are we housed how much is it going to take to 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 run this thing what do i need inside of this building if i need a building to make it work if one more person to me talking about they want a grant for a building i mean come on what is what are we going to be doing in there what is this building about Mm -hmm. how much is it going to cost what are your utilities do you have have you factored in insurance uh, and nobody's factoring in any of this, <laughs> mind you. What kind of program? Well, nobody's doing the budget. Nobody's doing the budget. We don't even got no budgets. We just need a, a place. What is it? How, how are you going to bring in revenue to support this place? Mm-hmm. The thing, what things do you need to make this work? What kind of technology do you need to have in place? Make, we, we talk about job form because we're trying to, we're trying to throw in a, we're trying to throw in some stuff. Sponsorship? We talk about we talk about job form as as what we use to collect data. Really great, you know, great great tool for a lot of different things. But if you're if you are using something like a job form or whatever you're using, do you understand how to use it? Um, can you use it to its potential? If not, do you need to have support to help you with that? So going back to people, if you're having different things there, how are you going to make this work? Because it's one thing to have a whole bunch of stuff. You know, we get a whole lot of information. We get a whole lot of stuff. And I said before, it's like scrambled eggs, right? We got all this stuff going on. And then it's like, oh, we don't even know what to do with it. But if we put it in the right place, we got gumbo. And gumbo tastes good. I'm from the South, right? If you put it in the right place. Otherwise, it's just stuff. So, okay, we got a board. Okay, we got a job form. Okay, we got... We we know what we know we should be collecting data, but what kind of data should we be collecting? So it doesn't make sense. It has to all come together strategically. We didn't even talk about strategic planning. We talk about stuff like that all. We talk about the same. Like I know, about, right? We didn't talk about that. But even knowing, hey, when am I supposed to do this thing? When am I ready for this kind of system? When have I reached the capacity over here? If I'm using just an Excel spreadsheet because we don't have any money right now. When have we reached the point where it's time to invest in a couple dollars a month Salesforce or, or whatever? Mm-hmm. When is it time to do to move on? Because I have this big donor base, um, and we need to get another system that's going to hold this better than what mm-hmm. we're doing it right now. When is it time to move from this notebook? Don't even start with with that notebook, y'all. Don't even do that. This this paper up here. Don't even do that. Yeah, but when I know. Move from that to this, or just use this as a backup mechanism while we're getting something stronger when is it time to
to do that. And this, this should all come with budgeting and, and, and having conversations around the growth of your organization. We're not, we're, we're, we're not doing that. We're kind of stuck on trying to find money for fundraising to give out turkeys. You know, we're, we're stuck right there. We're stuck on trying to think that we have programs and not understanding what the impact is we're trying to create, develop. Even when you're thinking about impact, what kind of systems do you need to have in place to create that impact? Right. What, what do you need? If you're saying, okay, we're going to provide housing to a hundred homeless people, what do you need in order to make this work? Do you? And that's one of the things that we hear a lot. A lot of people tend to reach out to us because they want to start group homes. Like I swear at least once a week, if not more, someone wants to start a group home. And I understand wanting to help people in a mass situation, but um, no thought ever goes into how this is going to happen and where this group home is going to be located. And again, we've spoken about this before. You can't just pop up and put a group home next to my house. Hmm. Right? You can't, there can't be an available house for rent right there. And then you decide that you're going to bring um, ex offenders and put them right in a suburban neighborhood. It just does not work like that. You have to think about all of that stuff. Where are you going to house these people? What security measures you need to do? What um, certifications that you need to get from the state? And this goes with anything. When we talk about facilities, where people always want a building, you need to know about all of the different. Um, levels that go into actually managing, running, and keeping a facility together. You know, fire codes, insurance, like you talked about, you know, any other um, bathroom requirements, capacity. It's like a whole slew of like a checklist that you need to go down and actually put together in order to make sure that you're being compliant. And we haven't even mentioned compliance throughout this whole process. And that's a big thing. Compliance comes on many different levels. If you're a nonprofit, you are compliant to the whole world. World. You are compliant to everybody. You're compliant to the IRS, your state, your clients, your board members, the community, your um, your donors. You are compliant to the hill. And transparency is another thing that comes in to when you're talking about operational infrastructure. There has to be all of the things that we talked about, the, the finances, the um the investment, the communication all comes into that operational infrastructure, right? You know, again, the systems and processes that you use. I was just talking to someone the other day and I was talking about the fact that a lot of organizations, when they're starting out, they're not able to pay for Salesforce, right? So they need to be able to use something like Excel spreadsheet or Google spreadsheet, and you may not be fluent in using Excel spreadsheet or Google spreadsheet. So now you have to stop and think, either I'm going to have to learn how to utilize this particular program. Or do I have the time and do I have the personal capacity, whether it's learning it or just the capacity to, to take the time to do it, right? Because we can't all learn everything. Some things are just beyond us, right? Mm -hmm. It's above us. Like, girl, you learn that because they tell me about it later because I don't want to learn that. <laughs> right. Some things are just not for us to learn. Mm -hmm. So if you know that, okay, you know, computers are just not my thing, but I need to be able to, to um, track my data. I need to have a system in place where I can assess and access my data readily. Then that brings in another um, thing that you need to think about. I'm going to have to hire somebody to do this, right? So that's another thing when we're talking about financial management, that creating that financial management for staff, right? Whether it be full-time, part-time, or contractual staff, okay? So all of these things go into the operational budget or the operational infrastructure, the process in which things are done, everything in order for it to flow um, the way it should be has to have a process, okay? Somebody doesn't just show up to your organization. If you do have a building, whether you own it or you rent it, because everybody wants to own something, um, somebody just doesn't show up and you have a program going on and you're like, oh, I'm going to stick you in that program. There has to be a process, again, of assessing the person when the person comes in, what their needs are. Can we even address their needs? 
If we can, then we need to outsource them to one of our partners. What that follow-up program looks like, how do we know that they actually got the services rendered by that particular program, whether they can divulge all of the information or not. We still need to have some type of checks and balances. Does that person come back to us after they've received the services over there that we could not provide for them? right? Do they then move on to another service? Do they have to go to four or five organizations before they can double back and come to us for us to give them the services that they need? All of these things, it's, a, it's so many layers. Um, and I don't think people realize that time. Mm -hmm. I don't think people realize the many, 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 many layers that can go into running any type of business, nonprofit organization, or even a social enterprise. You know. Okay? And that's what you <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. All the programs that we you use, um, we talk about job forms all the time, but we use ClickUp as well. We use um, uh. StreamYard I'm using right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, it, there's just so many things that I pay for on a monthly basis that helps my business run effectively and efficiently behind the scenes. It, yes, you can start a business. Um very, very low budget where you're not paying for a lot of things. But if you intend to level up and you intend to look as professional as possible, then that comes along with some monies. So all everything that we've talked about really comes down to this part, right? Which is the operational infrastructure. Everything, the last three things we talked about comes into this bucket, operational in infrastructure. All right? Yep. Anything else? I don't got nothing. Y'all got to get it together. We're we going into a new year. <laughs> so thank you for joining us again. Go back and watch the other videos that we talked about in a series of operational infrastructure, systemic communication, financial management, infrastructure investment, and then this one, which is operational infrastructure. Until next time. Bye, everyone. Okay, change agents, thank you for joining me today. And remember, there's someone in your community that is waiting for the programs and services that you provide, and it is your responsibility to make sure you get it right. Until next time, have a great day.